Felgrim Maserati. You may want to stay tuned. I think we're going to have a special guest in studio here coming very shortly. I don't know if I'm being put on or not, but it's a pretty big name. Someone we've been talking a lot about the last couple weeks. So we'll see if we're going to be joined by him or not, or if this is a joke. It is obviously not. Red Sox principal owner John Henry is joining us in studio right now. Surprise visit. John, to what do we own the pl- uh to what do we owe the pleasure? Well, when you're misleading the public, you know, you should be challenged on some of the things you're you're saying. And so I'm here to challenge some of the things you've been saying. Anything in particular? Well, most of it, I think. Um but um you as journalists, you must you you must not want to knowingly mislead, so you should ask me questions. Okay. Let's start with uh, the story in the Globe the other day. Did that come from you or people who work for you? No. I, it said, I think parts of it, it said, came from team sources. So ultimately, if there, was, if there were team sources involved, they do work for us. But did it come from John, Tom, or Larry? No. And I think Bob Holler has been clear with uh, with people that 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 didn't happen. Why have you not been quicker to deny that? That story's been out now for three days running. Why have I? Because you guys don't. You guys probably don't even believe Bob Holder. You certainly don't are not going to believe me. So when he's when he started denying it, then it's it makes sense for for uh, you guys. To have, did you guys know that? Do do you regret? Do you regret? Do you that, know that? Well, well, no, well John, it, Larry Lucchino was asked the other day outside Fenway Park about the story, and he said it was interesting. He said it was interesting. interesting. A smear was interesting. Yeah, he said it was interesting. He I said, don't believe that. He said or, it was an interesting set of theories, and it's on the web. Jimmy, would you uh, pull up that sound? He said it was. Uh, it, he was asked directly about the story. He said none of the things you're saying right here. He said no. It's an interesting set of theories. That's what he said, quote unquote. So. I mean, what what else specifically have you heard that you want to address or challenge? What else? I mean, the fact that you're you're saying we we smeared Tito, uh, that's that's not enough. Well, team sources. It's your team, team sources. Team sources, and it's your team. I mean, I, I don't see. know what I'm supposed to do. So, with that. but it seems to me you you assume that it's John, Tom, or Larry that's doing. Well, it, it seemed that's like that's what some, you've been saying. But John, it seemed like some pretty sensitive information. So let let's ask the question. Yeah, but it's not true. Okay, well, but let's ask the question in this way then. Okay, do you which not is, believe? Do you reg- do you regret that the information that came out about Terry Francona came out? Do I regret that it came out? Yes. When you say regret, it's as if I had some, I had something to do with. It. How do you feel about that information coming out? It's ridiculous that people would talk about about things like that, about his marriage. About it's ridiculous. He brought two World Series to this franchise. He's the best, arguably the best manager we've ever had. And so for, so I don't know what else to say about this subject except that well, except the writer okay. of the story has come out and said that that we did not give any of this information. So, John, I want you to hear this then. Uh, Jimmy, can you play the sound? This is Lucino the other day right, right outside of Fenway Park where he's asked directly about having read the story. And he has the exact chance to say exactly what you've just said. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Uh, I did read the – well, there are several articles in the Globe – I did read the one by uh, Bob Holler, and I thought it offers an interesting uh, set of theories about the uh, the demise uh, of the club in, in, in September, uh, most all of which uh, uh, we had heard, uh, well, some of which we had heard before, not all of, not all of them, but that was, that was his take on it. We're doing our own review and examination. Seems like a perfect opportunity to say what you just said, and he didn't do it. But he, so. he wasn't asked to deny, did it come from him? Yeah, but and he, he referenced these things as theories as opposed to facts. Yeah, but if it's reprehensible, as you seem to indicate, it is. What, what, what I mean, I'm saying is reprehensible is misleading the public by saying that this stuff came from us. Okay, look, I, I, John. If, you, if John, if you're saying that the information did you don't not, think that's. Yeah, I uh, am saying. Okay, that. If I find say, it hard to believe. Okay, I, mean, I find that hard to believe. You don't believe Holer or or me. Well, so, I, okay, what can I do? Except tell the truth, right? But but w- with regard to Bob Holer, whom you I believe, you believe we came out and smeared Tito. You believe that? Do I believe you specifically? I don't know who. I know team sources came out team and smeared sources. Tito. Yes, absolutely. Did they not? 
Okay, well, so Holer has said that it's not John, Tom, or Larry. If it's if it's someone with it in the team, and that's what it says in the newspaper, well, then but, I'm very upset about it. You know, I've but been again, upset about it. And, and, okay, and, but, but John, and, and, John, and Larry himself specifically had that chance to say that the other day, and he did not. So. I was just up until now, nobody has said what you just said, which is that the fact that the manager of the Red Sox would leave town and there would be personal information about him leaked to a member of the media is reprehensible. It okay. is. Okay, but nobody in ownership had said that until just five seconds ago. Until you well, just said it, no one had said it. You know, we are working on other things. And it, it wasn't until I heard you guys going on and on. The, the stuff, you know, the, the England stuff, all the stuff you've been going on about, the, wa- the wife stuff, it's, you know... I'm here to answer your questions. Well, the wife so stuff. So let's move off from that. The wife stuff is simple. If team sources are going to bring Terry Francona's marriage problems into the conversation. If team sources. If okay. team sources and the Boston Globe are going to bring Terry's marriage problems into the conversation, then let's talk about it's everyone's marriage problems. It's reprehensible it was written about in the first place. It, okay, exactly. But, I mean, you understand where I'm coming from. I, to me, it, So, it, therefore, it, it, it's up to you to assume that it came from John, so let's go after his wife. It reeks of a hatchet job. So, if this oh. is now on the table, John, if it's on the table that we well, talk about... At least had a good reason. If people talk about troubled marriages, let's talk about troubled marriages. Let's talk about your captain's troubled marriages or your troubled marriages or if, if, if Terry's Well, that makes mar- a lot of sense. That, that, that makes a lot of Why? sense. Why? Because the story, according to Team Sources, said that Terry's troubled marriages led to, to part of the problem. So, let's, let's get in there then. Figure out if there were more problems. Well, let's get in there. Let's, you know, if that's what you want to talk about, let's talk about it. I just think it's... I just think it's fair to, to look at all of that. If we're talking, if, if team sources are hiring dirty laundry. I don't think it's fair. I, you know, I guess this isn't what you would call journalism. This is entertainment, right? And what everything's was, fair. So what was that story then? Journalism or entertainment? What story? The Globe the story, story. That mentions Terry's marriage problems. I journalism or entertainment? Was it journalism or entertainment? It's uh, closer to journalism than entertainment. Okay, so I mean that's why I look at newspapers. I assume that your show is closer to entertainment than. In fact, Tony and I've had this discussion before about the difference between journalism and entertainment, and he and he's told me this is entertainment as opposed to journalism. I would say the ratio on radio is higher to entertainment. Yes, but I also think that what was done to Terry Francona was a cheap shot. It was o- okay, but John, until now. Nobody uh, has put their name yeah, to well, that until in your now. organization. And, J- John, with all due respect, you are the principal owner of the team. I'm so, aware of that. Okay. That's so, one fact. So, so there's an opportunity there. The, the, the logical thing to do as a member of the public, when, they, when someone in upper management gets fired and then there are unnamed sources, well, where else is it going to come from? The ground Where school else guy? is it going to come from? You know how many people work for the Red Sox? But how many would know that Terry Francona was taking pain medication? Not that many, I would think. So and then, how do we know that? Well, if you find this abhorrent, John, he said he said that he, you know, his son found a bottle. So I I don't I don't know what that has to do with anything. Again, what does that got to do with? So then you're saying you can't control everyone who works for you? Um, obviously not. But then have you? Have you convened your employees to say to them, any more of this crap gets out, you're going to hear from, I mean, have you addressed this internally then? Because it seems to me that you have some people who do work for you who have smeared the manager. So what are you doing about that? Well, first of all, it seems like there's nothing that doesn't get out in sports. One of the first things I learned when I I came here, Larry Lucchino said, "There, there are no secrets in baseball. So, but when it comes to to who's who's giving personal information from the Red Sox, you know, trying trying, you can't really go on a witch hunt and just start accusing. Yeah, people. see, I mean, I just think that story started it, and I'm just trying to be consistent with the that pro- story. That story did start it. So, well, I, you mentioned the Liverpool thing. Were you just driving around listening to us? Yes. Okay, so, that's why I'm here. Excellent. I figure, you know, let's. It, it, you're putting words into my mouth which are misleading the public. So why shouldn't – I think it's great of you guys to allow me to come in and answer your questions. John, I say this from the heart. Anytime. Anytime. Come in. Uh, so here was a quote I was reading. John, from, we've asked for you to appear in this program. I, I don't, okay. heard I, about I don't it. know whether those get relayed to you or not, but we have asked. No, so, I wonder why they don't relay them. 
So probably because they must listen to the show. So here's the here's your comment in the Guardian, as it relates to why you were spending so much money on both Liverpool players. Yeah. Now, by the way, as it relates to, if you look at the if you look at the stuff you were reading, it was what the writer wrote. Well, this year, it's sort of like your comments. It, it doesn't have to be grounded in fact. Larry, I'm um, excuse me, uh, John. It's in uh, quotations. It's, yeah, the quotations are mine. Okay, so here's your quote. Period. Uh, there was a lot of criticism in Boston that we weren't going to spend money on the Red Sox after we did the LFC transi- uh, transaction, meaning the That's Liverpool true. transaction. Isn't that true? Yes. Yes. We spent well, something. So listen, just, just okay. let me read you the quote. We spent something like $300 million in the offseason in Boston. And then there was the fear we wouldn't spend in Liverpool. Right. It's really surprising, ironic, to now be accused of overspending. Usually owners are accused of the opposite. So what's wrong with that? Hopefully fans of both clubs will eventually see what we see clearly, that there is nothing to fear from the existence of uh, of the other club. Exactly. What what you're saying here— The other stuff is written—and all the stuff you were going on and on about was written by the writer. No, no. Reading into that. All these suppositions, which, like yours, were totally false. Here, th- just from, totally. That, from that direct quote, I take this to mean you are saying. Oh, so you're going to interpret it. Well, you tell me if I'm wrong. That's why you're here. The it reason is. we spent something like $300 million in the offseason was to assure fans that we would still spend on the Red Sox. No, I didn't say anything about the reason. I said we spent. You're the one that says, oh, it's for PR purposes, which is... Utterly preposterous. Okay, Can you so, imagine spending $300 million for PR? I could hire someone for, you know, probably a couple hundred thousand and spend all their time on PR. Okay. We don't have that person. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. As it pertains to Carl Crawford, was Carl Crawford a baseball signing or a television rating signing? Definitely a baseball signing. In fact, anyone involved in the process, anybody involved in upper, in upper management of the Red Sox will tell you that I personally oppose that. They all know that. Why? Why? Because we, you know, we had plenty of left-handed hitting. Um, I don't have to go into why. I'll just tell you that at the time I opposed the deal, but I don't meddle to the point of making decisions for our baseball people. This was driven, and Theo will tell you, this was driven by our baseball people. It wasn't a PR move. Neither was the Gonzalez signing. Okay, but Gonzalez fits more of your philosophies as a baseball team, John. You're talking play, uh, you're play making discipline. one of the arguments I made. Okay, play discipline, power, etc. Crawford does not. So, and Crawford is a uh, visually dynamic, exciting player. Your television ratings had dropped fifty percent. It was logical for people. That, you know what led to that drop? What we believe led to that drop? Tell us, please. Because we had a great team until we hit a spate of injuries in 2010. What happened in 2010 was there it was the, you know how people meters, peep, people, people meters. meters need water. Yeah. I'm so angry. <laughs> Let it out, John. Let it. You can yell if you want. Believe yes. me, we yell at uh, each other all the time. It's fine. Uh, where was I? People meters and so, how they track yeah. ratings. We thought that that what happened in 2010 was an anomaly based on people meters. And they made a change. They made a switchover. Fifty percent of their of their ratings audience changed. So that's what we attributed to. Now, we didn't make the playoffs, but but um, I, I was more concerned that we didn't make the playoffs than what the TV ratings were. So we felt we needed to be aggressive in the offseason, and we were aggressive. But it wasn't because we needed to prove. That that we were still going to spend money here. I mean, that is the most ridiculous. The, the, you don't think that we that have sellouts because we that? win. You don't Sorry? think that? Well, that do you really have sellouts? He so, made it sound thing. like that. But if you just take my quotes and just just stick with those and not try to read, I'm not. You said there was a lot of criticism was, in Boston that we weren't going to spend money on the Red Sox. Yes, he was asking me about buying when we bought the uh, uh, when we bought the Liverpool team, and there was criticism. That oh they're, they just spent all this money now they're not going to be able to spend money on it, uh, and we tried to th- tell them at the time we tried to tell the media at the time that these are two separate entities that have budgets that are completely separate. The people don't want to hear that. John, here's and people didn't believe it. Here's something else that frustrates fans, and we've hammered you on, 
And so you can answer for it now. Good, good. Why, and this is really the way it looked, that you made Terry Francona say he quit versus just firing him. And We didn't fire him. Okay. I thought we went through that on the other radio show. We went through the whole process. Why don't you pick me- up the options on it? Why don't you pick up the options on because it? Because we had negotiated these options four years ago, just like we negotiated them with Manny Ramirez. He had eight years plus two option years. Tito had four years plus two option years. When you, when you give extra years, you try to get things in return. What we got in return were options. Now, Manny was so upset over the two $20 million options we held he wanted out, and we traded him. Um, Tito wasn't upset. To my knowledge, he was, he was never upset. And if, if you were to read the contract, there were, and you were a part of those negotiations in, I think it was in 2000, late 2007. Did they both have to be picked up at one time? Yes. So you'd have to, you'd have to extend him for two more years? Yes. Okay. But we hadn't had one discussion internally about a replacement manager even as of the september 30th we hadn't had that discussion you know so to say you know basically what we heard from tito the things that he said to us we would not have picked up the options see this is what i find frustrating i think you had a right to fire him Two straight years in third place is grounds enough. And then the way the clubhouse looked, perfect grounds. But there's then this whole dance, John, about how it's he quit before dance. we I'm fired telling you him. What I mean, if, if you believed in the guy and you wanted the guy, you would have picked up the options or you would have renegotiated no, I said, a better option for you. You would have stuck with them. You didn't believe in them, which yeah, but is fine. Not, but the fact you can't I'm, admit that is it, it's, it's not it's a weird. matter. It's not a matter of admitting. It's, it's a matter that you don't have any inside information. So therefore, it's difficult to know what actually went, went on. At one point, I sent an email out during the season to the rest of the guys in upper management and said, um, you know, unless we think we're, we're going to find a better manager, we should, we should pick up the options. And then I was reminded why we had the options, why we negotiated for the options. And, and you know, there are a couple of people in our organization whose pet peeve is picking up options before their time. I mean, that's Larry. something you could never know. It doesn't matter who or no, who no, it is. No, no, I, I don't think he's wrong it, for that. I think he's right for but, that, but I know you know, Larry you negotiate, thinks that way. You negotiate. He negotiated a certain amount of dollars. He got a certain amount of dollars, a certain amount of years. We got options. And I think Manny felt that even though he'd gotten $160 million over eight years, he shouldn't have to deal with those options. But Tito was great about it. He never said a word about it. I was the only one who said a word about it. Okay, so do you regret then picking up the option on Pedro Martinez in 2003? In do April? I, regret? I think that was in April where you exercised you know, the option. I, re- I, I don't remember much about it except that being disappointed that even though we did pick it up, he didn't seem, he still sort of bashed us about it. That he wasn't appreciative. Well, he bashed us about it. Even though we we picked it up early because he wanted us to pick it up early. And then I was a little bit, I remember, but why should I say bad things about him? Pedro was a great pitcher here. He did a great job for us. And and we felt it was a good thing to pick up well, his option early. John, again, so obviously you had questions on Tito. You could have picked up the options. There were reasons not to, but there was some back and forth. When Terry Francona said in his press conference on the last day he wasn't sure that he had full support of ownership, and then Larry comes on a few hours later and says, I was puzzled by that comment. This is where this comes from. I mean, do you understand that? It seems pretty obvious why but Terry— But everyone's but- saying we fired him, and it's just factually incorrect. Well, John, We he- didn't fire him. He said he wasn't. He told us in the first meeting we had with him that he wasn't the voice to come back to lead this team. John, he also said, though, that if you would express a willingness to pick up his options, he would have come back. No, I think what you're I've heard that. And that's also misleading the public, because if you go back to that interview, they were asking him about spring training and they were asking him about the beginning of the year. They weren't asking about at the end of the year. Okay, I want to hear it again. But he I wouldn't have had, you know, 
he wouldn't have had a choice if we'd have brought. He wouldn't have had a choice if we picked up his options in spring training. It's over, done. Then the only thing he can do is quit. Right, exactly. He could still resign. Right. Let me ask about one more thing. How could you not know and upper management not know about what was going on in that clubhouse in terms of the separators pitching, the pitchers separating themselves, excuse me, from the rest of the team, the drinking, the fried chicken parties, et cetera? How could no one know that? You can ask Dustin Pedroia the same thing. I think he was asked the same thing. If yeah. Dustin Pedroia didn't know, how are we supposed to know? Do you really think Dustin Pedroia would not know that there were starting Oh, you pitchers. think he's lying too? In so much of a fashion, yes. Well, you don't know Dustin very Yes. Well. He's not going to throw his teammates under the bus, John. Okay? You know he's not going to do that. That's the first priority. His priority is he not to tell the truth to a media guys think, to protect you know, his you're teammates. wrong because I don't think he was denying that things happened. Okay, What I he agree. was saying was he was unaware of it. Oh, well. I, and we certainly were unaware of it. I don't believe that. How could you? Okay. So he's a liar. I'm a liar. Larry's a liar. Yeah, well, you know. But once, you know what? I think it, maybe that's not us, the one who's telling lies. Someone once called it a sports fib. You lie in sports. I, I, I believe you could not have known. I think that's entirely believable. Dustin Pedroia, no shot. He knew. Um, but do you oh, find so you it, believe him. Do you find it a failing that you didn't know or Theo Epstein didn't know or if they did know, they didn't tell you? Tom sent me an email uh, yesterday, from um, that we had received about how, th- actually, how good things were in the clubhouse on September thirteenth. So as of as of that day, we didn't know. Was we that, didn't know. Was that before or after your yacht party for the players? That was after. Okay. So how do you feel about that? Do you feel do you like regret a, that? You know, do you feel like a no. chump a little bit? I mean, they're whining about the schedule. You give them headsets. You give them your yacht. I don't think I don't think you. Yeah, I don't think you appreciate what was going on at the time. The and it's hard, you know. You're on the outside looking in, and again, it's easy to draw the wrong conclusions when you're not a part of it every day, as as I was and as 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 we are. Obviously, it looks like not enough not enough of it, but 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 at that time, they had arrived. I think on what was it? Thursday morning at 5 a.m., and uh, they they had to play Thursday night. We asked them to play a doubleheader on Friday. And they We were it. already beaten up. Um, they didn't want to play. And it wasn't that they didn't want to play because they're lazy, good-for-nothings. They didn't want to play because they felt that there was a competitive disadvantage. And... and you know, we do everything we can. We have, we have, we have regular roundtable meetings with the players to sit with them face to face. So you still that, do that? To, yes, to ask them, what can we do to help you win? Sorry. Okay. No. When you say competitive disadvantage, and this was articulated in the story, that the players accused you of caring more about making money than about winning. Yes, That's, we heard that. Okay. Do they have any grounds there? H- has your interest in the? Do they team, have grounds? Yes. That we were more interested in money yes. than in than in winning. Would it have been better to have played a double header uh, the day before the playoffs? I'm not, but I'm not talking about that's, that particular. That's issue. what we're talking about. That's a competitive disadvantage. If we played a double header, which we successfully did and won both games on Friday, then then they have Saturday and Sunday off. You don't get two days off very often, except the All Star break. So we thought that was the best competitive advantage at the time but they were tired they were exhausted they were beaten up physically and it's a long season so did we make a mistake by saying you know you get you guys go out on the water and cool out go with your wives and you know have a have a nice evening we were trying to 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 show that we you were trying to appease them and who can i mean this is one of these other cases where i i I sort of feel your pain. I mean, my God, the money you pay those guys because they had to play too many games in too many days, and they whined, John. They, they, <laughs> they whined. They but pitch they a were fit exhausted. And, it, and instead they of you had saying reasons to whine, instead of they you were saying, exhausted. "Shut up," you give them your yacht. And I, I mean, I understand where you're coming from on that, but that's got to be frustrating for you. I, I don't see why you're not frustrated. No, about that. because they were they were worn out, exhausted. They had. If you look, if you look at what the the rain delays that we had had in that in that time period 
and faced with a hurricane coming in, they just, they, and we ended up playing, what, for 12 hours that day? They didn't want to do it, and I fully understood it. But the commissioner was determined we are going to play all these games, and we didn't think it was a good idea to have a doubleheader on the, on the uh, last day of this, after the last day of the season when you've got the playoffs starting the next day. Sure. So, so we were doing, and this is what we do. We spend every day trying to do everything we can to win, to help this club win. So we thought, let's you know, give them a night they can relax, chill out, catch their breaths. And they needed it. They needed those two days. But, but you know, let's talk about the collapse for a minute. I mean, everyone around here, the, the, it seems to me like the, there's almost like a media riot going on. That um, It was the worst that, collapse in the history of the sport. Yeah. Time. Well, so, I mean, and, this happens and when here. You, and when you look at it. But it, hold on. That's not a here thing. That's the worst collapse yes. in the history of the sport. So it's been worthy Absolutely. Of, the, of the attention, in my opinion. Especially when you look at it as, as all of you guys were saying in a month earlier that this was perhaps the greatest Red Sox team in history. So it's a tremendous collapse, a terrible collapse. That was the Herald. And what happened? Oh, that used to be your no, no. Correct. I, I disowned them a long time ago. Go on. Keep I'm going. liking the Herald more and more every day, I tell you. Um, where were we? The collapse. Yeah. The, the, and the media frenzy you're talking about. Yeah. The, I mean, let's break it down to what actually happened there. When you stop the the frenzy, and you look at what actually happened, what happened was our starting pitchers had a 7 ERA. Why? A 7.0. Why? Because they're bad? A 7.08 but, but did they... ERA. And it was seven starters. There wasn't one guy that had a 5 ERA even. It was all seven guys. And you think all seven of these guys were, were eating chicken, playing, playing video games, and drinking beer instead of trying did you watch any of those games if you watched those games i didn't see one player out there who wasn't busting his ass to try to win ball games really yeah really? i didn't see who oh my god do you watch, name one do you watch david ortiz run down to first base ever or how about david ortiz you, running down to first your players base. routinely stop short of first base uh, routinely uh, routinely Routinely they stop, stop for first base but and john, wait for the john, out and then they independent of what we saw on the field in the games so you was thought Josh, we were dogging what, it during September. There was a little and by bit, the way, yes. if you look at the offense, we had the highest scoring offense in baseball. And in, in September, our offense was fine. You know how many runs we scored in, in September? Okay, but jo- the problem jo- was starting Okay, pitching. but hold on. So okay. you, you're, you're, the, the talent on your staff was better than a 7 ERA. So how did good pitchers pitch so poorly? That's the question. That's the question. Why all of a sudden did all seven pitchers – Failed to perform. Well, you know, and let's streamline that. If Beckett I'm sure and, you have an answer for Well, that. if Beckett and Lester do their job in September, you win by four games and you're in the playoffs. So uh, how right. come pitchers that good pitch that poorly? Why? Okay, tell me. You there guys was a have bo- all there these was a theories John, on your team. Fried chicken. John, you just said. It's that bad they, for you, Give John. me a break. You just said that they were busting their butts on the field in September. Okay? And in the, in the midst of the game, you might be right. What about the other four days? Were they putting in the necessary work during the course of the yes. year to stay in the shape that they Unle- needed to stay in? Unless our training people are lying to me directly. How about your equipment The guy? answer is yes. They did their – they have three things they have to do. They have to do their cardiovascular. They have to do their shoulder strengthening exercises and everything that's associated with it for their shoulders. And they have to do their legs. They have to work out, do their leg workouts. And according to our people, they did it. They did it, and John, they continued to do it. How, now, does that mean that they eyesight? did everything perfectly? Have you seen Beckett's waist? It's, my eyesight is cheeks? terrible. Have you seen I his see. cheeks, his I've face? just got back from the eye doctor because I have a scratched cornea. It, it, it literally <laughs> looks like he's got an apple in each cheek, like he's storing nuts for the winter. He's got yeah, so big. why is it that we had players that gained weight? This year, well, it, don't they usually lose weight during the season? So, well, exactly. Is it true that Beckett gained considerable weight during the year? That's one of the things we're looking at. But I'm not going to air it out in public as to everything that we find that we need to fix. We're going to fix some things, but I'm not going to air them all out in public and go after individuals. Oh, Josh Beckett led us to a 2007 World Series. 
He's one of the most competitive guys I've ever met. Disagree he with was you. Done, oh, how, how, really? could, how could he possibly be? Well, I'm glad. How could he possibly be, John, if he was doing what he was doing in September? I think he's what a little. What was he doing? Exactly. What the hell was that guy doing? It wasn't competing. That's not what I saw. He came back from an injury and made three starts. Which one? The ankle where he tripped putting on the warm-up jersey in Toronto during the big team meeting? What was that all about? Do you have any details on what so, that was? Look, you guys don't need me here. <laughs> All I do is give you facts, and that's not as entertaining. You guys are much more entertaining than I am. So okay, so but look, we but don't... anyway, if you look at what actually happened, rather than than going nuts about it, the starting pitching failed. It failed, and if you look at if you look at the Baltimore Orioles, in July they had the same exact ERA seven, uh, ERA of seven. And you know what their record for July was seven and twenty. You can't win. You can bust your ass. You can do everything you want to win a ball game. Everybody, Dustin and Jacoby and everyone can play through injuries. Euclid's trying to play through injuries. Gonzalez had a terrible calf playing through these injuries. And if your starting pitching fails, the team is going to lose, and that's what happened. John, where do we stand with Theo Epstein today? Is he gone? No. That's still being negotiated. You know, I really can't go into there's a there there's a prohibition against uh, announcements being made during the postseason in baseball. So, I think um, it's it'd be unfair of me to the Cubs, the who I don't care that much about, but certainly to the Red Sox and to Theo and and to the people involved. Um, you know, to comment on what's going on until there's something to be announced. But, but um, he hasn't. You know, he's as far as I know, he's still do you want involved. Him back? I've been here for the last hour. Do you want him back? <coughs> I'd love to have Theo back. Um, I would have loved for Theo to have been our general manager for the next twenty years. That would have been that was my hope. That would have been my hope. But. You don't always get what you want, and uh, um, I did everything I could personally, and so did Tom and Larry, to um, to make that happen. But the fact is, I, I think people don't understand this. The fact is that the being general manager in Boston, being manager in Boston, is a is a terrifically tough job. You guys have to go. Yeah. Well, do you have to go? No, no, I'm good. No, I'm, we'll keep going as long as you want to go. Well, well, hold on. So, so you were driving around today. Is this your? I'm sorry. Is this your driver? The uh, the gentleman standing no. next to you? No, he's not my driver. Okay. So you're driving around. You got the sports. He got on. me here though. Excellent. In five minutes. Okay. So, <laughs> he knows Boston. So you you've got the sports hub on. You're listening to us, and you're, yeah, I was listening to to it, all I could think to myself was there. How can they just? You know, journalists don't. Don't knowingly mislead the public. Now, maybe you're not. Maybe you're entertainers sometimes, and journalists sometimes, and you're entertaining today. But I just felt that it was, you know, at this point, it's it's important for the public not to be misled. So this know. is why I'm I'm asking you specifically. Yeah. What do you want people to know specifically that we aren't portraying or other media people aren't portraying? We haven't heard you in a form like this yet. So here's your form. What specifically? Do you want to clear the air on? Well, I appreciate that. This could take a while. Though, go. So. Go ahead. We got nowhere to go. We're here until 6 o'clock. Oh, really? No more commercials? So it's costing you money for me to well, go on? Well, you know what? Not our department. <laughs> we'll get chewed out for it later, but we're willing to live up to that. What's on your mind, Sean? I think, I think the chaos that's going on is, is much more external than, the, than internal. There's this feeling. I think you said that we were in ashes. I thought I heard you yes. say that a yes. few minutes ago. Yes. That the the Red Sox are are in ashes. That's not how we feel about it. You know, we we didn't make the playoffs. There was an incredible last evening that 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 solidified that. There were things that led up to it, as we talked about pitching. We had injuries, but and. You know, there were a number of factors, and we're still going through those factors. But we're engaged in a manager search. There's not a sense of desperation, except when we turn on the radio. 
There's not a sense of desperation. We're, go- we're going to be successful next year. Uh, you know, we, even with this collapse, we still won 90 games. This is a team that should have won 100 games. It's up to us to determine why that didn't happen and to make sure that it doesn't happen next year. And another and thing. And that's what we're working on. You vehemently deny that you or people who work with you were responsible for that Globe story this week. Yeah, we've been, we've been through that. Just wanna, we're just recapping. We want to recap well, oh, that. Because well, that, let's start. Let's because go through that's that a big again. one. I mean, cause that, cause it that's, is big. It's huge. You know, the, the author of the story has gone on the record saying that we did not um, participate in that. And so I don't know what more there is to say about it. But everyone, you know, the problem with these things is that once somebody says, oh, Sox ownership smeared Tito, you know, it never goes away. So, Okay, so this is what we have to do. What's going on with you? My my boss has just told me I absolutely have to break. John, here's the deal. We take a commercial break. Okay, I'll tell you my philosophy while we're off the air. If you want to stay, stay. If you want to go, go. I'll stay. Excellent. Good. Come right back. I'll stay forever. Okay. Felger and Mad weekdays two to six on ninety eight five the Sports Hub. All right, John. Now you've done it. There's media now outside the building. It's like we got Madonna in here or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to go out there and face them. And they're gonna say, "Why are you here?" I said, "Because these guys are misleading the public." And again, just talking to you, a big thing is how you and ownership has been labeled as the leak for that story, the driving force behind the smear campaign against Terry Francona. Yeah, we've been smeared. You, you guys have been smearing us. You've been smeared by being called the smearer. Right. Does that makes sense? It's a, that's a almost as bad a smear. Don't okay, think. so what took so long? This th- That story came out what? I two- got here as fast as I could. <laughs> no, no. A but, few days ago it came out. But the out. story came out Tuesday or Wednesday, and, you know, here we are yeah. Friday, and it's— Yeah, it- but I didn't—you uh, know, I thought it was regrettable. But the thing I w- thought was much more regrettable was the story itself, the fact that they're writing about these things and that people are— are telling the media about personal things that that uh you know it just it's unfortunate have you heard from your fans on this <laughs> um i mean outside of sports i mean personally have you heard from your fans have have cuz we get i haven't a, been on twitter for a while we get a lot of calls a lot of emails from people saying I'm going to have a hard time rooting for this team because they did that to Terry on the way out the door. Have you heard that? They did that? You mean we did that? Yes. No. I haven't heard that, but but we didn't. So that's you know, that's one of the things that you've been discussing that that you know, I'm trying to answer. And uh, but thankfully the the author of the article is answering because I think uh, I think he thinks it's wrong what's going on. What is the commonality between three straight years without a playoff win? Do you have any? Do you think that there has been? Well, a- it's hard to win. It's hard to win in the playoffs if you're not in the playoffs. So the last two years we missed the playoffs. Obviously, but is there? Do you think that your organization has slid? Your baseball organization has has fallen. Well, up until September. You guys thought this was the best Red Sox team no, in history. John, honestly, no, I thought you were soft. There was something about really? the team that didn't seem right. Absolutely. So even though we were we – were, uh, so you, you disagreed with uh, – Best team ever, I did. But don't get me wrong. I didn't think you were going 7-20. and 20. I thought you were going to make the playoffs and lose to Texas is what I thought would happen. <laughs> okay. uh, but well, did you think – I mean, looking back on it, if you could rewind the clock, just set it back to September 1 and we're good to go? Or, I mean, were there bigger problems here at play? September 1, we were in first place. So that's... It, the it, biggest so concern we had was injuries. We were... we Last year, we had a problem at the at the end of the year with injuries. And we managed to make it through, but we didn't make the playoffs. This year, same thing happened. So I began to be become concerned around September 1st that what is... You know why is why are we having problems making it through 162 games? That was what my central focus was. So I started asking questions along those lines. What have you found so far? How come you can't make it through 162 games? Well, again, if you if you look what actually happened, starting pitching didn't make it, and I don't think it was a matter of innings. But again, I'm not going to to err all the things that we're finding at this point. It's too early. It's like it's as if you're in, involved in an investigation at the beginning 
or or close to the beginning, you're supposed to uh, put out your conclusions. So what we have to do is we have to, we have to correct the course of this ship, and this this ship took a turn for the worse in September. Um, we had a we we had a bad start, and we had a bad end. So we we have to make sure that next year when when the season starts that we're ready, that we don't get off to a two and ten start. Because if we'd have gotten off to a five and five start, we would have made the playoffs. But more than that, we have to get at what what actually took place in the clubhouse. But again, I didn't see what you apparently saw, which was was players not trying to win games. No, I don't How know. about players not unified? How okay. could you not see Josh Beckett's gut? I mean, that's just I go. That was for everyone to see. We we all saw it happen to that player. Did you ever see how many pitchers? In in your life, have you seen? Not that one. He was. He, 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 I, I never saw him that fat. That's all. I've seen other fat pitchers. You're right. Not Josh Beckett. John, beyond Terry Francona, was there a leadership problem in the clubhouse? Are you taking pictures <laughs> to memorialize this moment? If we're beyond Terry Francona, John, was Sorry. there a leadership problem in the clubhouse? Beyond Terry Francona, as if he he. So was there a leadership issue? That's something I'm talking with players about at this point. Follow up. Do you feel that the C on Veritex jersey was useless? Because I didn't feel like there was any, you know, not from him, not from anyone. What's the point of having a captain if that's going to happen to your team? I've seen how maligned um, Jason has been. He's been a tremendous leader for this club since before I arrived here 10 years ago. So I don't think you can blame this. This was an organizational failure. The pitching falls apart at the end. Your starting pitching falls apart at the end. and But people don't want to talk about that. You notice the, it, it always goes to, well, where was Jason Veritek? Well, that's he why was, he has the C. He was doing everything in his power to win, and he was doing everything he could to help uh, Jared Saltalamacchia be the best catcher he could be. But, John, collective failure leads to individual criticism, okay? And, and as much as you feel like you're being torn down, believe me when I tell you, your players are taking as much or more heat. Your manager has taken his share of heat. Your general manager has taken his share, too. So there's plenty to go around. The, the, with regard to the free agency during your ownership, why hasn't it worked? Major free agent signings now. I'm not talking about the smaller ones that are really uh, low-risk, uh, low high-reward. Why has this team failed in big free agent signings? Is there a method being used there that you don't apply to amateur players? Do you scout them differently? Do you evaluate them differently? Why doesn't the free agency work? I think free agency in general is, a, is difficult. It's, I don't think it's just us. When you look at, at clubs that have spent a lot of money in free agency, you know, at one point, uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox supposedly should have had a trade of free agents who, who weren't doing well. Remember that story going on, that, that maybe you should trade these two guys. Um, the problem with free agency is that you're buying players at usually at the age of 30 or, or, or above. And we know players, you know, players peak at about that time. So it's fraught with peril. So why don't you do less of it? Well... We could make a lot more money. There's no doubt. I mean, we could we could really make some money if we didn't. But we we try to do everything we can to win. Um, David Ortiz was a free agent signing. But if you look at what we have accomplished over the last ten years, so much of it has come from the money that you, you know you, you're talking about free agency, but you're you're not talking about amateur signings. We we spend. A tremendous amount of money on amateur signings around the world and in the United States, and we've outspent others doing that. And when you look at who the stars on our team are—Lester, Pedroia, Euclid—the people that have really produced, Ellsbury, really produced for us over the last few years—they've come up through our system. So, so we do have to do better in free agency. It's not easy to do. And if you look at, if you know, players, I think over the last, I think. When you look at baseball over the last few years, that young players are having more of an impact than they used to have. Older players are not having the impact that they used to have. You mentioned Ortiz. Let me. Do you agree with that, Tony, or not? I would say generally that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Can I follow so, up on Ortiz yes. real quick? Because uh, so at the time the option was picked up this year, Theo said he was a player that was very important to ownership, and that led a lot of us to believe that 
ownership made the call on Ortiz, did you? We, see, that's why I'm here. And that's why I ask. <laughs> um, ownership doesn't make the call on players. You know, we get involved when there are financial issues. There's no doubt about it. You know, if there's a if there's a long-term financial contract, we're, we, you know, we have to approve that, and we have, we usually, we we do things by consensus. There's usually someone who has a bunch of questions that may be, if someone on the outside were looking and saying, well, he's negative on this, on this deal, but there, you know, it's a, it's a, it really is. There's a, how would I? Put it. It's really cons- um, consensus building, but ultimately, Larry, Tom, and John do not make baseball decisions. Do you wish you did? Almost. <laughs> I mean, you said no, you didn't want Crawford, not right? No, we're baseball people. We're not. We can't evaluate a baseball player the way that scouts and baseball people do. How about Carmine? And Carmine. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Tell us about Carmine. I don't know much about Carmine. Does he have a seat at the table? Is it what? you, Larry, Tom, I've, Theo, actually, and Carmine? Actually, you know, that's good. When we, do the, when we do the draft, Carmine actually sits on the draft table in, in the war room. You're not joking, it's act, you? No, I've seen it. See, and that's I, scary. And I've, I've, they've shown me things from Carmine. Wait, you know, actually, we have some sounds. Because it's from, not just, go ahead. Oh, you have Carmine Yeah, we, you know, I think we actually do have some Carmine. Good. So he, he literally sits on the table with you at the draft. Yes. That's frightening, isn't it? It's a little weird. No. It's a huge competitive advantage. Do you give him like we a voice? We ended up with Dustin Pedroia. We ended up with J- Jacoby Ellsberg. Julio Lugo. Edgar not, no, he's not. wasn't part of the draft. Neither was no, no, I'm saying, but so Carmine doesn't weigh in on free agents? Carmine weighs in on everything, but not to the extent that you guys would like to. See, but John, this is what I'm asking. You've done well at uh, drafting and developing players for the most part, even if you have hit a little bit of a rut here in the last few years or a gap there in the middle. So is there a method being employed there in terms of evaluating players that's different from how free agents are evaluated? No. It's the same system. It's, you know, it may not always be the same people, but it's the same system, absolutely. You, ha- you can't base free agent signings or amateur signings purely on statistics or purely on scouting and uh, – you know, you have to you have to use all of your tools, John. I I think again, I think it's some of this is because you're buying players past their prime in free agency, and you can either pass them up, or you can you cannot pass them up. So, and 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 you're right. We haven't done the best job. We've got to work on that. And that's something that we're we're looking at and evaluating and examining. Where have we gone wrong and why? Exactly why have we gone wrong? How can you personally be as invested in the Sox? And what I mean by that is intellectually, emotionally, attention span-wise, when you now have Rouch Racing, Liverpool Soccer, LeBron James, which we'll get to in a second, um, and you didn't have those things when you first bought the team. So how can you? how can your fans be convinced that you invest as much into this team now as you once did? Because I don't think... You know, you say invest, but you must mean time. Right? Yeah, well, time and intellectual, you know, energy. Yeah. Do the Red Sox mean as much to you, John, Absolutely. as they did 10 years ago? Absolutely. Why am I in here? You would say, oh, for PR purposes, right? That's yeah. what you were well, saying when I was driving that's, around. That's part of it, isn't Everything, it? You know, we spend money for PR purposes, so so I came here for PR purposes. <laughs> I just came here to help your ratings. <laughs> Actually, I guess you don't need any help, right? Your ratings no, we're are pretty good. good. We're pretty good. Better than it's the station you have. It's because you're entertaining, rather than, you know, rather than. It's a good com- just staying with the dry truth. It's a good know? combination of both, I think, John. Well, we just we don't believe everything that's fed us. That's but, all. But answer that question: How could you be as invested in the team now as you once were with all these other things? Well, it's easy because, and I, I, I think that people in general have a hard time understanding how how we work because the. They don't. They don't see us on a day-to-day basis. But, but you have to understand. Larry Lucchino runs the Red Sox. Tom and I do not, on a day-to-day basis, have never run the Red Sox. We wouldn't need Larry, and and Larry wouldn't be here if we ran the Red Sox. We have one of the best CEOs in sports. So, we never did run the Red Sox. We don't run Liverpool. 
Um, but I still am, if you, if you come to the games, you see me in my box, unless I'm ill or I have a family commitment, I'm at Or you slip 80, down the stairs of your boat or something. Right. I'm at every home game. I mean, uh, that's been the case for the last 10 years, continues to be the case. How can I, I, So the fact that we have, if baseball had a different economic system, we probably wouldn't have looked beyond baseball. But in order to compete, we had to look beyond baseball. Okay, J- just quickly, since you brought up Lucchino, because I want to follow up on some of that revenue stuff too. Okay. The, the, since you brought up Larry, the last published thing I saw was an article in Boston Magazine that Larry's contract was up at the end of 2011. True, or has he been extended? At the end of 2011. That would be this year. That's true. So he's up. Yeah. What's Do it? you expect Larry to remain with the franchise beyond December 31st then? Yes. So are you boring ne- the truth? Are you negotiating? <laughs> no, 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 that's good. Are that's you negotiating an extension with him right now? No. But you don't foresee it being a problem? No. Have you had to make let me let me clarify cuz I'm just answering your questions but but a, a year ago we um talked about how much longer Larry wants to continue and um I don't know how much time you spend with him or see him but he hasn't slowed down a bit over the last 10 years Agreed Agreed Yeah So he's he, a pit bull He is And so he hasn't set a time or a date. Theo sort of did with us at at one point. You know, he he never saw the general manager's role as longer than ten years for for himself. I mean, maybe he did um, early on, but certainly after a few years, he knew that the the stress of this job was was too much. So, but in Larry's case, I think he thrives on it. You know, he he, he thrives on it. So. At least a year ago, when I think we were at baseball meetings, Tom and Larry and I met about it, and and we effectively agreed on going X amount of years out. But it wasn't until um, uh, the the I believe it was just after the Tito meeting that I said to Larry, "Did we ever sign that extension?" And he said, "I don't think so." And I said, "You haven't changed your mind, have you?" And he said, "No." So you expect it? You so. expect it to be multiple years with Larry? Yes. Okay, it won't be so, a year-to-year kind of thing. Yes. Does Larry force you, given his nature, force you to make choices internally? I have to keep one guy or the other. Does L- Larry make us? Yeah. Larry and Theo, John, do they still get along? Yes. Well enough. Well enough. Have you had to make so? This time around, you did not have to make a choice between one or the other. Oh no, no, I didn't know what you were talking about. That's what I'm talking. There about. was there, never. We never had to make a choice between them. Our Tom, Tom, and my role is to have the best management possible, and that's, you know, when you talk about do, have you lost interest, um, that hasn't happened. We've had great management. Tito and Theo have brought World Series, two World Series here. Arguably the best general manager in my mind, the best and the best manager, and um, you know it's just it's just really a sad day to see them both leaving. Okay, now I know you said you can't um, necessarily make announcements. Can you acknowledge that Theo has met with another team? Um, has he met with another team? I don't know that he's met with another team. That he has spoken to yes, uh, another spoken. team. And that that has obviously been with your permission. Um, I don't know at what point formal permission was granted. There was an initial conversation before formal position was granted, just so that they could see whether. I, I what am I doing? I I can't go into the specifics of what's going on. Here. Let me go back to something you just mentioned about how Roush Racing, Liverpool, LeBron James, if you want to stay competitive with the Red Sox, these other things had to come into play. So does that mean that revenue is shared there? Money you make from Liverpool helps you fund Carl Crawford and vice versa. Is that the way it works? No, they're, they're separate entities, but that's what drove us. I mean, you know, you, that's what drove us. 
Do you understand how the fact that you're in bed with LeBron James plays with some of your fans? In bed? Does I've that... never been. Well, that is definitely a story for another day. We've we didn't actually... mean that literally. Sounds like you're... Well, we've actually gotten into a little bit of that in the last couple of days, but we, yeah. we won't do that here today. Well, the fact that, you. that you're in business with him, do you know how that plays with some of your fans? Do you re... Does that reach you? That Your fans that... don't like him. Your fans hate him. He's the enemy. Everybody hates him. <laughs> Celtics. So what's LeBron. what's the question? Well, how do I feel about it? Yeah, I, I mean, does it? Do you, do you understand? I mean, does do, it bother me do, that? Do LeBron... you get it? It would be like the Patriots. Oh, saying, I get. We are I, going into a marketing that's... deal with a Rod or Jeter. Jeter is the Bruins saying, our, "We are going into bed with Jeter to do his international PR." You know, news at eleven. I mean, do, does do you understand how that looks? Yeah, I I do understand that that people think that if LeBron James is going to be involved in a you know, is going to be involved with Liverpool, that that looks bad for Boston. Is it? Is it? No. Not really. I mean, does it really, does it, does it affect the Celtics? I talked with Wick about it. He didn't have an issue with it. It's really more about the connection. You know, the connection yeah, you have it's, with your fans. It's about, and, and, no, it's about creating a perception that you guys can run with. That says, oh, they're in bed with the enemy. Well, but again, but, let's say the Patriots did a marketing deal with A-Rod. How would you feel about that? If the Patriots did a deal, a marketing deal with A-Rod, I would feel like that um, I need to go down there and have a talk with them because they're they're going into the wrong business. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's... They have a soccer team, by the way. Did you realize that the New England Patriots had have been unable to keep their eye on the ball for all these years because how many years now have they had a... Because of the rest. In their own stadium, they have a soccer team. Can you believe that? I think at one point, didn't they own two or three of those MLS franchises? Isn't that shocking? You know what? That's a good I shot mean, by you. Hey, John, you know what? They haven't won a playoff, playoff game in three years. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it, must, it must be the revolution, right? Okay, John. Uh, so, I mean, do you realize how absurd that is? The MLS, These arguments yeah, are. Okay. Do you realize how absurd your arguments are? No, I think Liverpool is different than a really? than an MLS team in your own stadium where their their team payrolls are what? What do those soccer players make here in America? Versus it's outrageous. What they're they make not it? paying those people. I know they make like forty thousand dollars a year or something. I mean, it's crazy. You can't. I don't make that much. You can't compare with, your investment the, with Liverpool with the way you guys are behaving. I'm going to ask for a salary from the Red Sox going forward. John, uh, jumping back to your clubhouse for a second. Knowing what you know thus far, and I know you said you're you're still investigating it. Are there guys that you feel like you got to cut out of there? Because yeah, yeah. Should I name names? Love if to. you want to, Absolutely. all right. Number one, Tony Maserati. <laughs> I said players. <laughs> oh, players. Oh no, no, none. Well, I meant players. If I didn't say players, do you expect? Do you that, want other people that doesn't ex- play? Do you expect that there will be a significant change on your uh, significant changes on your roster because of the attitude of the team at the end of the year? Again, that's your perception of their attitude. So I, we have to look at if there were a couple of players that did things they shouldn't have done. And I don't think anybody's talking about, well, yes, everybody's blaming everybody for everything. But we don't blame everybody for everything. Okay, but John, just as when the Bob Holer story appeared, nobody came out and called the the smearing of Francona reprehensible until you did about an hour ago. All those facts have come out, and nobody has shot them down. Nobody has come out and said, nope, the fried chicken's false. Nope, the beer is false. Nope, these guys were um, totally committed to one another and the cut. Nope. No, but, there have been ample opportunities, they, though, Yeah, John. but what have they said? What have the players said? Your team president said it was interesting. That the story was an interesting set of theories. What that, is that was that is so uh, such a departure well, from what you're saying today. There you go today. again, putting words into his mouth. That the theories he called those interesting theories, because he hasn't had he hadn't at that point had a chance to check them out either. So, so you're saying they're but, false. You're saying they're they're they're. they're I, that's not what I said. You know, these are things we have to look at. Right, but the point is, John, there was an opportunity to condemn the story there, to say, you know what, regardless. There was an opportunity to condemn the story. I'm, I don't condemn the story. 
I condemn personal personal things coming out. I condemn the people who tell personal things about you know medication, about uh, someone's marital life, like you guys. <laughs> That's what I condemn. Red Sox Not, team. I don't condemn sources, Bob Holler for writing a story. John. Red Sox he, team sources. He did the right thing. He's he's reporting on what he's being told. We're not condemning Bob Holler either. I'm I'm condemning the people who leak personal information about Terry Francona. Right. Who work for you, who are your responsibility. What What is not to understand about that? I mean, I mean to think that that's not going to reach you at some point, I think is... Well, but blaming me personally for being the person who said those things is what you guys were doing, and, the, and that's why I came here. You're misleading the public. But I think we're all we're all starting to understand better because I came. We're starting to understand a little better. Everybody oh, is in here is nodding their head. The producer, <laughs> Mr. Stewart, nodding his head. Is Jay- responsible for all this ultimately and all of your misinformation. Okay. Well, I said ownership and upper management, John. That's where I believe it came from. Okay. Ownership and, ownership upper, and upper management. Now, you have limited partners, don't you? Yeah, but they didn't know this stuff. Okay, you know, but I I would argue, John, that obviously more people knew it than you were aware of because it it ended up in print. And I, John, you have to understand, I I just, it reflects poorly on the organization. And ultimately, that's your, ultimately, that's your organization, John. There's no doubt about it. I'm ultimately responsible for everything that goes on there. And I'm sorry about some of the things that have gone on there. But I probably shouldn't have said I'm sorry because it was like what I said in 2005. I'm sorry for it because I don't apologize for for the misinformation that's going on out there. I do think that that I am responsible ultimately for everything that goes on within the Red Sox. Okay, so this will be the exit question because you've given us 90 minutes and we thank you for it. Um, so then what personally do you take responsibility for as it relates to the baseball team? As you look at it, what could you have done differently? What will you do differently? What could I have done differently? Um, oh, That's just Beetle walking in. Don't be, <laughs> don't be intimidated. Uh, he was probably I... getting some fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. What I could have done was I could have probably thrown a few innings. Um, I shouldn't be facetious about about this question. It's a good. It's a good question. It's a serious question. Um, I at this point I don't know what I could have done differently. On September first, we thought we were headed for the playoffs, headed for a hundred wins. Um, now looking back after the collapse, there are th- what I have to do going forward is to ensure that something like this doesn't happen again. We had a bad end to other seasons. We had a bad end in 2003 that I thought we'd, we'd never recover from. Um, you know, you redouble your efforts. The uh, Mike lied, because I, I, there's a question I've been meaning to ask you for several days that just popped back into my head, okay? okay? And that uh, all came to light again, sort of inspired by the Bob Holler story. If something were to happen to you, and please don't interpret that as anything more than just a hypothetical, okay, what happens to the Red Sox? Well, just as uh, if Theo leaves, we have someone to replace him. If if I if something happens to me, we have someone to replace this me. This is what we're asking. Georgia Frontieri in right. uh, St. Louis. Tom, what are, how about Tom Werner? Well, but you are, you are the principal owner. You are the principal owner of the franchise, yeah, but, John. T- but Tom and I, Tom and Larry and I, Tom and I essentially run Fenway Sports Group. Larry runs the Red Sox. And so if something happens to me, that doesn't mean that things are going to change. You know, will that mean the team will eventually be sold? Even if nothing happens to me, sooner or later, the team the team is eventually going to be sold. Well, of We're course. Not immortal. But, 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 but if what, something what, happens to me... Um, I don't see, you know. Would Linda become the principal owner of the <laughs> franchise? Oh, yeah. I thought, were you guys saying that she was the new general manager? Was that, was <laughs> no, that you guys? No, I was hoping president and CEO. Oh, I see. I see. But, John, that is something that is a question that fans have here. I mean, with all due respect, how old are you now? 62, I think, right? No, older. After today, I must be 70. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, no, Linda doesn't take over. That's not that's not what she would want to have happen, and that's not what I would wish on yes, not to anyone end, I love. Not to end on such a morbid note. Uh, oh, how long do you plan? How long do you plan to own the team? As long as I can. I mean, I love this, and uh, I particularly love the the you know the banter back and forth with you guys. So yeah, I, I mean, why you- would I give this up? I, I'm telling you, it's got to be the life. You sound like Cam Neely now. This, this is the pinnacle. It's got to be. John, come down anytime. No, but I, I, you know, I should answer the question. I love this, and it broke my heart to see this club fall apart at the end. When, when you, when you look, if you look at any of the film of the team after we lost that game in Baltimore, um, you, you know that's how all of us felt. We were devastated to lose that last game. The way that it happened, we're devastated you know, night after night after night to find ways to lose. We didn't play that well. Dustin said it yesterday. We just didn't play that well at the end. And it's devastating. You know, you work, you, you invest. I watch 162 games, or I don't know, 159, 160 games. Every pitch, every inning. And um, you put everything you can into trying to to win a World Series, and then to have it fall apart at the end is is um, frustrating, and it's it's a painful. Um, I have to be as angry and as um, upset as any any of you are, as as any fans are. But if the fans hang in there, I'm going to hang in there, and Larry's going to be back next year. We're we're going to be back as an organization. We're going to have a top-class manager and general manager, and we're going to we're going to have a great team next year. People right now are forgetting that this was a great team before September, and they're concentrating solely on September. And I don't blame them for that. We are too. We're concentrating on what happened in September. But I love this team, and I'm going to do everything I can to get it back to where it, it needs to be. All right, John, seriously, don't be a stranger. Come on by anytime. Doors always open. John Henry. Appreciate it, John. Here on Felger and Maz.